On the previous episode, we tackled our bad habits. We recognize the payoff and what we're getting from them, and we increase the friction to those bad habits, making them more difficult to do. We also helped you instill some really good habits by decreasing the friction to those ones. Your keystone habits, of course, you're doing that every morning, I'm sure, and your reward system, even your phone's alarm clock. But what are we going to talk about today? For part two of habits, we're going to give you some great tools, including a two-minute rule that is so effective and so easy to get you started on the right path. We're going to show you the habit tracker, habit contracts, getting a clue with time and place, and that tiny changes give you really big results. Straight from the boardroom to the microphone, I'm April Garcia, and this is The Spark, easily applied tools and hacks to get you ahead. This isn't just a podcast. This is an upgrade for your life. Helping good people become even better. This is the spark. So the two-minute rule. The principle behind this activity is that If you distill a habit down to just a couple of minutes, you tell yourself you're going to do a couple of minutes, then it's easier for your brain to get over that hurdle. So we use the uh, example of exercising in the morning. Okay, I'm going to go for a run in the morning. Maybe you want to go out for a 30-minute run, but the alarm goes off in the morning and you're just not feeling it. Yeah, I want to train for that marathon or that half marathon or that 10K or 5K, or maybe I just want to be able to do one mile with my kid at the jogathon this week. Whatever that looks like, the alarm goes off. You don't want to get out of bed. The bed's calling to you. She is a seductive mistress. Well, what can you do about that? All right. Tell yourself you're only going to do it for two minutes. All right, I'm going to put on my shoes. I'm going to go out and I'm going to run for only two minutes. And after two minutes, I am going to come back in. I'm going to call it a day and crawl right back into my lovely bed. Though I'd really love you to pull that comforter over so you can check off your keystone habit for the day. But just tell your brain that. And hey, here's the thing. If you go out there and you run and you only do it for two minutes for 120 seconds and that's it and you come back in, that's okay. That's still a win. But here's what happens. About eight out of 10 times, you stay out there. You do your run. You do your run for the exact amount of time that you wanted to do your run. But what you just needed is just a little bit of help. You needed a little bit of help to get over that tiny little hump of, "Eh, it's only going to be for two minutes. You can do anything for 120 seconds. So just do it for that two minutes. And you'll find that you'll stick it out for the majority of the time. You need to walk your dog. Well, it'd be nice to walk my dog for a half a mile. But I'm going to take my dog and I'm going to walk him to the end of the driveway and back. Well. Once I'm out there and my dog's freaking out, Spot's happy, Spot the beagle. She's this wild little puppy and she's so excited and her tail's wagging. I'm going to walk her. I'm going to take her longer than just the driveway. Also, because that would be a super jerk thing to do to my poor little beagle puppy. But um, but you're going to do it for longer. So the two-minute rule. Apply the two-minute rule. I'm just going to do this thing I don't want to do for two minutes. And then you'll be in a better position to make the right choice. Another example of maybe a two-minute task can be, I I work with a lot of people. I hear a lot of feedback about, I want to read more. I want to read more. There's so much good content out there. There's so many amazing books out there. I wish I could read more. So um, when I talk to them about, well, how much do they want to read? Well, they want to be like a Bill Gates or a Warren Buffett. They want to read it for hours every day. 
that's great if you can do that. But if you can't, let's work on some manageable goals. So maybe, you know, you put the kids to bed and you're tired. Tell yourself you're only going to read two minutes. Again, if you only read two minutes, that's fine. But a lot of people, if they've opened up the book, they're probably going to read for maybe 15 or 20 minutes. And um, there's lots of research out there about just reading 15 minutes a day will put you miles ahead of so many others that never get a chance to actually educate themselves on that way. So 15 minutes a day, a minimum of 15 minutes a day is key. But if you feel like you can't do 15 minutes, you're tired, just take two. Remember, the most challenging thing is just getting started. I always tell people that going from zero to one is always the hardest. From one to two, easier two to three, even easier, but it's the zero to one that's the hardest. So if you can just get over the hurdle of that initial start, then things tend to fall in place. Going back to temptation bundling, there's a gal that I work out who's training for a fitness competition. There's actually two girls that I work with that do this, but the workouts are two two hours, brutal two hours of, of really all out workout, um, very restrictive diet. And so when I ask them, well, what's your reward system? Because obviously it can't be food related. Um, what is What does that look like? And some of them didn't have it and they were just pushing through and it was taking everything they got. So building a reward system. One of the gals that I work with, I said, my goodness, do you like shopping? Because you've done all this hard work work, go get yourself an amazing pair of pants and go, damn, I look good in these because you're doing so much work. At least appreciate all your hard work. So definitely build in that reward system, guys. That's so important. Whatever reward that you that you set up for that habit, that new habit that you're doing and you say, okay, here's my reward, scale that reward, scale it according, make it proportional to how bad you don't want to do that thing. Because if you're like, oh, there's this tiny little reward at the end of this really horrible thing I don't want to do. Well, it's going to be tough, but scale it accordingly. So if it's something you really don't want to do, maybe something you've been putting off for years, that reward better be real big on the other side. And another tool for um, instilling really good habits is a habit tracker. Now, some people do really formal ones and some people are a little bit more casual. I use one myself. So I track my habits. I, I, I break down, you know, my, my life and my goals and my business into into 12 week years. We've talked about this. Um, and effectively, roughly 90 days is can be the equivalent of a year if done right, managed well and executed ably. And so I build my goals into that period essentially 12 weeks. And then I track them. So I might say, okay, this quarter I am focused on doing this one particular type of workout five days a week. And I'm focused on drinking a green drink every day, for example. Um, And then I track it. For me, I actually use a spreadsheet because I'm super analytical and I love that stuff. And I love myself. I love me a good spreadsheet. So I print it out. I put it in and say, okay, it's essentially like a calendar. And I mark, I put a little check mark next to every time I do that habit each day. So it's, it's a way to track your habits. And it's amazing because I'll look at it and go, you think you've only skipped that workout for one day. And then you look at your habit tracker and go, Ooh, I've skipped out the last three days. What's going on? Is it is it Steve and his homebrew and his his brats? Have I been hanging out with Steve? Um, no, no, maybe I just missed it. Maybe I just got tired. Who knows what it is? But habit trackers are a very effective tool. Um, another one, it's far more committed, but uh, some people do them, is a habit contract where essentially you make a contract. It's obviously not enforceable by law, but you make a contract with someone. Hey, I'm going to do this. And if I don't do this, here's my penalty or here's my reward. I've seen um, in some of the groups that I work with where they make habit contracts with each other 
And if one person breaks the habit, like say say the person says, I'm going to work out five days a week and they don't, then they have to donate 50 bucks to the other person's um, favorite charity or a charity that they hate. Um, again, you can be motivated by the reward or you can be motivated by the pain. Um, but these, these are some tools that I've seen that have been really good at helping uh, people establish really good habits. And when you're thinking about a habit, you're talking about establishing this new habit. You got to give it a time and a place. So don't just say, I'm going to work out five days a week. So I mentioned that I'd started a new workout um, routine about a month ago. And at first I said, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do it five days a week. So I know that there's the importance of saying it out loud. Then, And we'll, and we'll talk more on goal setting in a future podcast. But saying it out loud, saying it to a person... And we're accountable. Uh, Writing it down. These are all things that are really going to increase the likelihood of you doing it. But I'll take it a step further. And they talked about this as well. The time and the place. Knowing the time and the place. So if I say I'm going to work out five days a week. Okay. Well, what happens? Seven o'clock at night. I'm like, oh, man, I'm just wrapping up dinner. Like we got to start getting things wrapped up for the night and move into kind of a different phase where you're not really thinking about working out. And I didn't get my workout in. So that's when I'm bringing out the laptop and setting it on the island in the kitchen. And I'm trying to like work out and do something else. It's not ideal. So to avoid that situation, avoid trying to work out in your kitchen while the spaghetti's on the stove. Let's just say I've never done that. What we do is we pick a time and a place. And instead we go, okay, between 6 and 6.30 every morning, I am doing this at home workout. I'm doing Insanity or the Z Gym or whatever I'm doing. I'm going to do this from 6 to 6.30, Monday through Friday. And once you name a time and once you name a place, it becomes far more likely you will do it. One of the gals that um, I know, she's she's writing a book. And we always say, where are you writing it and when are you writing it? Okay, I'm writing it at 6 a.m. in my in my bedroom every day. The more specific, the better. It's 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 like a clue game. Colonel Mustard in the library with a candlestick. If you can get that specific about your habit, where and when you're going to do this habit, you're much more likely to do it. So what I've done is given you six amazing tools, and I ended up squeezing in two bonus tools. We talked about keystone habits and their power. We identify your payoff that you might be getting from bad habits too. We increased the friction. We decreased the friction. We built a reward system. We talked about the two-minute rule. Those were our six. And the two bonus ones were the habit tracker and the habit contract, all amazing tools to help you sculpt your magnificent life. You've got that tool in your hand. And so be really aware of the life that you are building. Don't just leave that big, beautiful hunk of clay for other people to to shape. You're supposed to be shaping it. And we shape it through habits. Small changes over time is really what ends up impacting our life so significantly. You know, atomic habits talk about this as well. They give this analogy of a pilot that decides to, you know, during takeoff, they adjust their course. I think it's, you know, three degrees or some minute amount um, to the south. And so the plane's nose is just going to move a tiny, tiny bit, right? Just a few feet. Now, outside of the cockpit, nobody's going to perceive that a change has been made. It's going to be so minimal, right? Everybody's just kind of, they're, they're on their plane and they're complaining about the, the leg room or they're waiting for their free drink coupons to get taken or whatever you're doing inside of your plane. But over the course of that journey across the country, the impact would be huge, significant. Instead of, you know, being in New York City, you're going to end up in Washington, D.C. in his example. There's actually another book called The Slight Edge that that gives very similar analogies, too, about you make this tiny decision to drink a soda with lunch or to not drink a soda with lunch. 
small, tiny little decisions, but it's when you stack it against time. You go, hey, if I don't work out today, it's not that big of a deal. You're right. It's not. But then the next day and the next day, and then they stack up over time. That's why building a framework for your life and we build a framework by our habits is going to be so significant over time. That little change in your behavior, you add time to that, that habit that you perform every day. If you keep doing that over time, that's the key is the patience and the time. But when you do it every day, it will transform your life. It will shape that clay into the beautiful masterpiece you were made to be. So we tackled the two-minute rule, habit trackers and contracts, naming your time and place, and how tiny changes over time gives us huge results. To move this content into action, what are those two amazing things we can do today, this moment? Like as soon as my lips stop moving and yours start, what can we do right now? Because we're not here to be consumers of content. We are executors of content. We're not just listeners. We're fire starters. So let's do those two things right now. First thing is name that time and place, that habit you've been working to instill that you're inconsistent at best. Give it a time and a place. For example, I'm working out between 6 and 6.30 in my living room, five days a week, Monday through Friday, or I'm walking with my kiddos every day after school for 20 minutes, Monday through Friday. I'm reading every morning after I wake up, but before my coffee for 15 minutes. Be as specific as possible. Those details, those specifics are what is connected to you actually doing it. The second thing you can do today, use that two minute rule. What do you need to do that you've been putting off for so many reasons? What can you simply demand of yourself to do for two minutes? just 120 seconds and watch that magic unfold. The answer to a productive, happy life, it's in your habits. Is it work? Yeah, it's work, but you're totally worth it. Thank you so much for dialing in today. And don't forget, sharing is caring. So tell your friends about the spark and help them get to the next level. Make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast. And if you love what you hear, Give us a five-star review. It means the world to us. Hit me up on Instagram at aprilgarcia underscore the spark or check me out at thesparknow.com. This is all made possible with the support of you listeners, the numerous contributors, and our clients. Our music and production is by the amazing Rockwood Audio. Join me next time for more tips on how to hack success. And until then, make it a great day. Thanks, guys. You guys are amazing.